Do you control your brain, or does your brain control you? Hi, thanks for listening. Hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in psychology, motivation, people skills, and other areas in which we can develop who we are for ourselves and for the people around us. Today's topic will be an older concept in neuroscience called the triune brain. And this is an idea developed by a neuroscientist called Paul McLean, who first came up with it in the 60s and then developed his theory in the 90s. Now, this theory has more than one flaw, and many neuroscientists today don't accept it, but it is still used as a model because it can simplify and give you an idea of how the human brain works and how decision-making works. This is why it is still often used in psychology. As a simple model, it can help give us an insight into who we are and how our minds work. So, this well-known theory distinguishes between three kinds of brain. And it really sees them as three parts that grew on top of each other. And the three parts are what's called the reptilian brain, then there's the limbic system, and finally the neocortex. And these three evolutionarily mostly evolved at a different time and have different functions. Now, in reality, this is not as clear-cut, but it is a useful analogy. So, we will go with that. So, the reptilian brain would be the most basic part that animals in general share. And this is the part that governs things like instinct, the urge to fight or flee when there's a danger, basic biological functions such as breathing or heart rate or body temperature, also things like mating or territorial behavior. These are the most basic functions of any animal and in a sense the most important ones because they keep the animal alive and they're generally unconscious in all of us which has the advantage that it can be much faster than the more developed quote-unquote parts of the brain. So that's the reptilian brain. The next one would be the limbic system. This is the emotional brain that has to do with things like emotion, 
decisions based on emotions, nurturing, or social behavior. Very important for a more developed social animal, but again, more developed and not quite as automated, although to a large degree it is too. The limbic system has a lot to do with how we make our decisions, because they are very much based on the feelings of pleasure and pain, or perceived threat or danger. Again, mostly unconscious. Then there is the neocortex, which is considered the newest and the most developed part of our brains. And this one is evolved in higher mammals, especially like us. And it has to do with things like thinking, consciousness, self-awareness, and higher functions such as language or planning. This is the part that we are the most proud of, that we believe distinguishes us from lower animals. For a long time we used to think that other animals don't have it, which is not true, but it is more developed in humans. Now, all of these parts, as they are seen in this simplified version of the human brain, are very important, of course. But in a sense, the lower parts are even more critical. And this is why they can take over in times of crisis. This is why when, for example, we are under the influence of strong emotions, or when we are feeling threatened, this is when the limbic system and the quote-unquote reptilian brain can take over, and they can make us do things that we wouldn't normally do if we were our best self, or our most conscious, or self-aware. And this is something that's very useful to understand, and this is why I'm talking about this model, that the higher functions of the neocortex can be easily overridden by our emotions and our instincts when we feel threatened, which in this day and age and in our society often happens without any real danger being present. This is why it is useful when this happens to take a step back, to take a deep breath, you know, come to ten, whatever works for you, and create a pause or break the connection between the strong emotions or the feeling that we need to do something right now and the action itself and look at it. This can help us create more healthy connections in our brain and in our social environment that we can use in ways that are more healthy. So, 
it is important to realize, to be aware that these older structures take precedence and they will take over when we actually need our thinking brain to work at its best. So this is why practicing breaking those connections is very useful. So do not get hijacked. Now I wouldn't want to villainize our emotions or our instincts, far from it. Evolutionarily, these were critical for our survival and they are still very useful. They can still save your life. But I think as we evolve as a species, it is very useful and we definitely should try to understand how they work better so we can control them rather than have them control us. So that when things happen, we can actually do something reasonable rather than rash or irrational. So keep in mind that you have these three brains, if you will, and see how we can make them work for you better and in ways that are more useful. And this can take a lifetime, but any progress that you make will be well worth it in the results that it brings and in the understanding You are the sum total of your thoughts. Your thoughts create pictures which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. Who you are, in turn, determines what you can do. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you think you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone you think might benefit from this podcast, tell your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to enrich your life, and through your actions, leave the world better than you found it.